Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. Uh, this week, we are doing a two-part podcast to celebrate two great shows that are opening up at Theater Wit in Chicago. Part one is about Sideshow Theater's production of Theories of the Sun, and we are welcomed by Kathleen Ackerley, who is the playwright. Say hello. Hi there. Great. Uh and one of the stars of the show, Dylan Stuckey. Hello. So let's start out with you, Kathleen. Tell us about how this show came about. I know this Chicago production is the second production of the show. That's right. And it started out in Washington, D.C. So give us a little of your background on how this play came to be because it is so different, folks, <laughs> that it that the explanation, I think, is, is going to be a good uh, hint. It was performed in D.C. two years ago, but the idea for the play started in my head about 10 when I directed a Tennessee Williams one act for a dinner theater club and admitted to the people at the dinner table afterwards that I don't like Tennessee Williams. Wow. (laughs) That's another show. (laughs) And uh, a woman at the table proceeded to lay into me. She'd had too much to drink and she got extremely red and angry and just really had at me. And decided that the reason I didn't like and appreciate Tennessee Williams was that I was born in England, which is true. And she told me that even though I left there before I was two, that stoppered, the English voice had filtered into my brain and I couldn't appreciate the Southern voice. And I went home with the idea of writing a woman named Barbara, who is still in the play, but very different, uh, in a hotel in France, meeting both Tennessee Williams and Tom Stoppard. And the play was originally going to be about more linguistic about how she doesn't understand them so she doesn't understand how they talk that the way they talk as writers is so specific to them and their culture which i do agree with that she she was going to continually misunderstand tennessee williams as making passes at her and tom stoppard is threatening her because his manner is so oblique and obviously it went way the heck away from that but that was a nice premise to start with that was that yeah that was the germ well and how did you get into the uh, because it goes into into the storytelling in the in the the myths of uh, of the sun and and all of that. How did it emerge into that? Listening to a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. Um, <laughs> the sun may rise at the east, at least it settles in a final location. I remember hearing that line from that song and all of a sudden thinking that we don't enjoy as a culture enough variety in our view of the sun and what might be stories you could tell about the sun. So for a while that existed the notion of making up these different stories of the sun existed in the context of a novel I'm writing. And then... So these are... Are these actual myths or the... No, these are my inventions. Okay. Yeah. Um, And that... And I was... The play as the play was developing more detail and becoming less of a hostile revenge fantasy against my dinner mate, <laughs> I realized that the, there was a purpose in the hotel for one of the characters to tell stories and and it clicked one day all of a sudden to pull them out of the novel. I had been going to include them in and give them to the character in the play. Well, you certainly had great success. And thank you. And um, I need one more question before we get Dylan into this. Um, Tell us as much as you can to get the audience in- interested enough to come see the show without giving away some of the key, because it's it's quite a it's quite a suspenseful mystery story, and, and I've seen a lot of things and read a lot of books, and I had no idea where it was going. Fantastic, that's yeah. fantastic. Um, I think that the draw for me, if I hadn't read it, would be that almost every character in it turns out to be something other than what they seemed at first. 
even in the most mundane human ways, kind of like heart stirring ways, just normal. Oh, I didn't realize that about that person. Yeah. But some of them. Your characters are very richly developed. Oh, thank you. Uh, and then some of them, it's a fantasy basis. What is their relation to reality that you actually have to start to watch the play asking what is the relation of these people to reality and which of them are in reality and will have to have real world consequences to encountering the ones that aren't in so reality. So that little storyline uh, that, that's in all the promotional material that people get, mm. which we're not giving away, it's it's a, a mother and a daughter coming to Frank. Give us that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, you mean be sensible. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, that's my job here. <laughs> <laughs> a mother and daughter travel to a, an obscure hotel in France in 1963 because that's where they're meeting with an endocrinologist, um, a specialist who's going to help diagnose an illness that one of them has that they're trying for various reasons to keep secret. But at the same time, staying in the hotel, and this is historically plausible if not proven, are Tennessee Williams and Tom Stoppard. Tennessee Williams is mourning the death of his lover, Frank Merlot, which was in 1963. And Tom Stoppard is working on the idea for Rosencrantz and Gunstern are dead. So all these people with different involvements in the notions of reality and death find themselves in the hotel at the same time. And, of course, you have the proprietor. Yes. And you have have one of the two mystery people, the American. Yes. Okay. (laughs) And, Dylan, it's time to get you in this. All right. <laughs> you play uh, a unique character in in the play, and let me start off by saying I thought your performance was tremendous. Well, but thank you. Let me get a quote in here, which I don't normally do, but I thought it was it it was so right on, and I'm jealous that I wish I had written this. Uh, Hetty Weiss from the Sun Times, who recommended your show, has this to say about your performance. Right, masterful in his ability to spin myths and to mix desire with a certain sense of mysterious detachment, end quote. Yeah. um, That's nice. How did you approach this this role? Because you are the mystery character, Mr. Asher. Right, and I'm going to try and dance around the sort of mystery of this as much as I can. Um, In terms of how I approached it, I... The beginning stages of it, I I felt like I was kind of coming up against a brick wall continually, continually. Like, how do I really, really connect to this character? And the longer that we went through the process of it, the more I realized that for the sake of my own interpretation of it, I had to make it as human as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. Um, Which you succeeded. Yes. Uh, Because I think there are so many integral human qualities that are tied up in this character and his relationship, especially to one of these women. Uh, and that's a big part of the story is that... Yeah, she's uh, the only one that can see you. Right. He, he's sort of this uh, this philosopher or uh, uh, he's a, a son philosopher and he tells her these stories. Uh, Tell us how you approach those because in the staging, w- w- which Kathleen will see tonight, uh, and I think you're going to be impressed with it, uh, first you had, at certain parts you had most of the cast, in other parts you had uh, the American, the, the, the one character. Mm-hmm. As you're vividly telling these stories that are just brilliantly written, you presented them in such a way. You know, most people, when they get into storytelling in a play, they start going in a monologue. And, and after a while, you get so bored, you just tune it out. You made it lively, and then adding the visual of, of the movement was very effective. Right. Um and I, that was such a big part of the process for us was working on these stories continually, continually working on them to make them as specific as we could. And there were so many 
there were so many different tracks that we tried to look at them from in terms of it's it's like you're you're telling a story to a child and you know there's a lot of different ways that you can tell someone a story but what is going to be the most engaging way to do so so we really tried to find that in as many of them as we could and for me the stories are just so densely packed with imagery that that was one of the things that i sort of latched onto the most in terms of sort of it's almost like he's he's kind of an artist that's painting a picture before her and yeah you used you used hand movements and you moved around the stage and and changed uh, your tone inflections were yeah. just spot on and it helped me understand it and and early into the first one i realized there's a connection here that i better pay attention there's a connection to the myth and your relationship with this character to the whole right and soon i think everybody caught on to that and that became that became important right and another thing that i really love about the stories and just the progression of the play itself is that each one of the stories is very specific in what's what it's being used for why he's telling her this story and it kind of um it sort of carries the arc of of the relationship between these to two this characters young lady too yes i mean it's beautifully beautifully written <laughs> and 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 it's just structured so well so uh congratulations for your first i'll call it a starring role i know it's an ensemble piece but you you certainly have a you know had a major yeah, I, major I, I feel so blessed that I was able to be a part of this production and be, you know, part of the first production of this play in Chicago. And like you were saying, that I think that one of the strongest things about this play, on top of the fact that it's just beautifully written, is a very strong ensemble of actors that are all working together to tell this story. Yes. Well, Kathleen, uh, you are... You're going to be amazed tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to it so and, much. And I understand that when you originally produced this show, it was three hours, and that you you and Two some of the folks here cut 45, it down. Two forty five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, how tough was that to cut it down? I'm really surprised to say that it wasn't. Um, when when we did it in Washington, obviously some of my actors were worried about the length, and they wanted me to to make cuts at the time, and I could not. Actors wanted you to cut their roles. Isn't that funny? Yeah, that's <laughs> rare. <laughs> Um, but I couldn't see anything that didn't fit at the time. And I realize now that one of the great virtues of having the show done here is that the dramaturg, I'd had time away from it, and the dramaturg had this really excellent way of asking me questions that got me to see the, the, which I couldn't help but see the thing as a whole. All the scenes contributed to the whole. I just couldn't shake that sense. And she asked me questions that allowed me to go, oh, this scene and this scene could be pulled out and it would still be a story about this to recognize. She just she's really good at her job. So I was actually able, I had this huge swath of text got cut out just like from the end of that long night into the, the final meeting, just two long scenes just gone. And one of them I realized, and I wouldn't have realized if they hadn't produced this play, one of them I had simply written as a means of saying goodbye to my own mother. Oh. It was a scene. It was a, 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 a Barbara Elizabeth scene, and it it what all it served as a function. I realized in retrospect, with some distance from the play, was to give me closure with my mother who passed in two thousand one. Oh. So it, oh, because you're not supposed to have closure in plays. Do you recommend <laughs> that uh, for for other playwrights? Because uh, you know some playwrights get so uh, stuck on every word. Yeah. That if their play is too long, and I agree with you, we were talking about this uh, before we we're on the air. Uh, 
I like long plays too. If they hook me, yeah. I'll stay all afternoon. I mean, yeah. Shakespeare's four or five. Yeah. I go to Tell opera. I go to Wagner yeah. operas that are five hours yeah. and they could be ten hours. You know? Yeah. But uh, commercially, particularly when it's when it's new, your 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 work is new here in Chicago. This is a new play. Yeah. Uh, it probably makes more sense to keep it. I think it's two or two, two hours or two ten with the intermission. Two fifteen. Two fifteen. And it's it's. I didn't see any wasted. It, it flowed beautifully. Uh, great. That I That's think great. that it would have hurt your plate to be 245 or only because it's like too much, too soon. We don't know who you are kind of Right. Thing. Yeah, right. So commercially, do you recommend that sometimes? Playwrights take a look at it. And if somebody recommends cutting a long plate without, you know, killing the essence. I can recommend it from this section of my mouth, which isn't attached to me. I recognize that that's a completely valuable suggestion. I have no commercial sense. I continue to tell long plays in D.C. I love a long night at the theater. I want to tell But you're willing to listen to a dramaturg or a producer yeah. or another director that says, you know. We- she had good artistic questions. She had okay. good a good way of looking at it that to me made so sense. So that's the lesson. Yeah. If you're going to talk to the playwright about cutting, do it diplomatically and make have it make sense. Have it, have it be about art. Okay. You know, not about, uh, oh, my audience is going to, they all watch MTV and they have to, oh, nobody watches MTV anymore, do they? <laughs> you know, YouTube now, it's all YouTube. Yeah, 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 yeah. Their attention spans, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's, I don't, I don't need to talk to those people. But if they say to me, I have seen that your story actually is served by you letting some of it be mysterious, letting some of it be gone and they have to bridge it with their minds. Great argument. Okay. Tell us some of the themes now, because we don't want to give away, folks. Believe me, you don't want to know. You get there, and you're going to see you're going to see a beautifully written play with some great, fully developed characters. But the suspense will 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 keep you there. And when it comes together, you have several aha moments that really work. How did you, as a writer, develop that? Did were you writing a mystery? Yes. Okay. Yes. It was. It was. Yeah. That 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 was intended to be. A, the the two big reveals were intended to be oh that was a, a noise of shock moment. <laughs> um, well, I think you're going to enjoy uh, tonight. And, and Dylan, let me get to, let me get back to you in this because we got a few minutes left. Um, tell us about some of your 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 co actors. I mean, uh, uh, I haven't yeah. seen, and this is almost all new people in Chicago. You know, they haven't really done a lot of work here. Which is cool to see a new play in a new beautiful facility with some new talent. I mean, trust me, I go to everything, and it's nice to see a few people that I don't, you know, I don't know all of their background. Yeah, um, I, I there are a couple actors that have have been in Chicago and have been working. Yeah, there's know, a few, but I mean, not a lot. Um, I, yeah, but they're. I'd say more of the cast. Is, is a little newer in terms of how many shows they've actually done in Chicago. Um, Matt Fletcher, who plays Tom Stoppard. He's it, really a strong star. You're going you're yeah. to enjoy him. Yeah, he, he is a, a company member yeah. of uh, Yeah, I've seen Theater. him before. He's, he's a talent. Yeah, and he, I know he's done a number of shows with them. Uh, Scotty Caldwell, who is the lead of the show. Uh, she's she, the one you're sort of flirting with, I think. I'm not sure. Am I? Wanna, I, I won't don't give know. that away. Yeah, <laughs> but you, you, that, that something's going on there. Yeah, there's yeah. De- there's definitely some kind of some kind of something going on. And I I like the young man that played uh, Tennessee. Yeah, a- Andy Luther. Yeah, he's he's he, strong. he's actually been in Chicago for quite a while. Yeah, he's, he's been, been around. Yeah, he uh, he, he actually uh, was in uh, the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Very brief. Uh, he, he had a one of the, one of the scenes with the Joker in that one. So that's right. And uh, uh, the young man who plays the uh, 
Inspector Clouseau, oh, weird yeah. French character. Yeah. Uh, it was that accurate, by the way. Yeah. It, did you see Clouseau? My actor got the same comment, and I okay. never intended it. Oh, okay. Isn't that funny? But it is. It, oh, yeah. yeah. It, I, yeah. I'm seeing it. I, I'm writing my little note in the corner in seeing the show, and I mentioned that. Ah. He's dynamite. Yeah, uh, that's Jesse Young. Uh, and I, I feel like those three men particularly, and the way that it's written, they just have wonderful comic timing. Uh, yeah. Jesse Young, Andy Luther... Yeah. And Matt Fletcher, all, all, all three, and all three of those characters are just so dynamic. And I thought dynamic. that the, the directing, the pace of the show, uh, this could easily get away. With, you know, uh, sometimes if there's too many blackouts in shows, that's the, my pet peeve because they're really screenplays then. And the transition and the flow is beautifully done here. We worked on that a lot to make sure that the pace of the show clipped long, that the transitions were very crisp that we knew from moment to moment where it was going, where we needed to be, you know, to just make sure that the, that the show was continually moving. And in the early stages of the process of sort of getting it getting it on its feet, I mean, it is so dense that it's like you you need to be so focused that it's hard not to just, yeah, and here's it my got, line, here's your line. Right. It could have got, <laughs> right. got away from you, and nothing turns modern audience. Unfortunately, we're so TV-oriented, you know, they can't hold a shot on television, what, 10 seconds, 12 seconds? Yeah. The theater, to a certain extent, the old rule is, you know, when in doubt, speed it up. But you guys not not only did it fast enough, but it was smooth. You right. Had a, you had a, occasionally had a little bit of time to think, but not enough time to dwell because we're into the next. You're keeping the drama and the, and the tension going. Right. And I, that is one of the qualities of the theater that I think makes it really sing along is, is when it, it, it can get indulgent if you are just taking those pauses and i mean you need to if you take a pause on stage you need to earn that yeah you know you need true. you need to fill space well we're running out of time i have two questions first look at kathleen in uh i hope we're going to see more of your work oh i do too thank you so much uh, besides sideshow <laughs> you know having an inside track because i know you you're friends with uh some of the people here but i have mentioned it to a couple other theater companies uh come see this play uh, you need you need to see this lady's work because if if her other stuff is anywhere close to this, you want to produce it because you know we're always looking for new plays and That's a lot fantastic. of smaller theater companies don't have the budgets to go flying around the country to see mm-hmm. shows. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I know we'll see more of you in Chicago. Congratulations, love we love this play so much. What a pleasure! And and Dylan, give a little quick commercial for the show. A quick commercial. Yeah, you're uh, at Theater Wit, twelve twenty nine West Belmont. I'll help you there. What days are you are you up? Oh, uh, the show plays on Thursday nights, Friday nights, and Saturday nights all at 7.30. It plays on Sundays at 3 p.m. Uh, we'll be running through October 3rd. Great. and uh, I hope longer than that, but right yeah. now. <laughs> okay. And Come and see Theories of the Sun. Da, da, da. I didn't get a chance to, to talk to you, but we know, you're, we know you guys have a musical background. You're, you're going to be in what coming up? Tell us. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm very excited about this. The next project that I'm working on uh, is with Signal Ensemble Theater. They did a production. It was an, also an original play. Uh, it's called Aftermath. It's, it's about yeah, it's the Rolling Stones. Yeah, it's about yeah. Brian Jones from the mm-hmm. Rolling Stones. It includes, uh, I think, about roughly about six original Rolling Stones songs that are performed live on stage. Yeah, and it was a major hit here, and they're remounting it. Yeah. You're going to be what? 
I am playing Bill Wyman, the bass player. Okay. Uh, so I'm He's very got an interesting role. I, I saw the play already. I'll yeah. come see it against when you're. I'm yeah. very excited about that. I uh, I was actually in rock bands for most of my life until I left. I left to go to grad school to be an actor, and now I've been doing that a lot. And now, so this is sort of like good for you. Bringing my two loves together. We have to call it. We have to end this today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Tom. Thank you. Uh, Theories of the Sun is a terrific play, and folks, that's the end of part one. This is part two of the two great openings that uh, Theater Wit have going. And th in this part, we're going to talk about Boho Theater's production of Big River. And our guests this week are Peter Marston Sullivan, who is the artistic director and the director of Big River. Say hello, Peter. Hello, hello. Thank you very much for having us. And we're also having Nicholas Davio. Am I saying it right? Uh, Davio, Davio, fine. okay. Yep. Nicholas Davio, who is the the music director of the show, and I, I will say I've had directors of, of a lot of musicals on. I have never had a music director and a director on. And one of the reasons it was suggested by your people, and it was a great suggestion, is because you guys are taking a little bit of a different approach to Big River. So, Peter, first tell us what uh, the show is about, because uh, as I'm finding out around town, since Big River hasn't been done here in many years. A lot of people don't know the show. Well, it's based on the Mark Twain novel, The uh, Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, written in uh, late 19th century. And it's essentially, at its heart, it's, uh, it takes over after the whole Tom Sawyer story has, has taken place. And now it's Huck's turn to have his adventure. And uh, it's really about, uh, if you boil it down, it's about uh, him and a friend that he has, which is a slave at the time named Jim. And it's about him breaking away from uh, his roots in his town in Missouri and uh, going down the river and bonding with this slave who, uh, you know, the story revolves around whether or not they will get away and, and whether Jim will get to, uh, get to a free state and find his children and his wife. And uh, so it's really about Huck discovering what it means to have that kind of a friend. Okay, and and uh, the 1985 Broadway production, it had music by Roger Miller. Yes. And the score, I, I think the score is terrific. It's full of folk, country, gospel, yeah. hymns. Yeah, uh, it's really... Almost bluegrass to a certain point. <laughs> yep, yep. So tell us now uh, how the Boho production is different, has differed from other productions of the show. Well, you know, when we were thinking about this season and what we wanted to do for this season, our, our first big season in this new space. Um, Congratulations. This thank is such you. A great place. Yeah. <laughs> we're really excited. And it's, you know, the space is different than anything we've had before. And um, we're really excited to kind of see where we go in this space with the different shows that we have lined up. But Big River was a show that is rarely done. Uh, and it, the music is just beautiful in it's every hideous. way it's just astounding and you know the the script moves very quickly and huck kind of guides us through the story quickly um so you sometimes you sort of have to know the book to some degree but who doesn't though <laughs> if they don't I it's mean, a classic yeah i mean if, if not our educational system is in worse shape than yeah we. yeah and you get you get you know sometimes you know a full chapter can just be a line or two that huck kind of describes um so Anyway, we in listening to the music over and over again and trying to debate whether or not we wanted to do this show, um, it just kept growing on me and growing on me and to the point where um, I felt like 
I kind of knew how I wanted the show to be done musically. Um, and we had to find someone like Nick who could kind of uh, arrange, who could music direct, and who could also be in the show. Um, so Nick kind of does a lot with the production. Um, but to boil it down, what we're doing that's slightly different is that we're using uh, the music as an aid in telling the story, such that Huck uh, plays the guitar. And he often might accompany himself in some of the numbers. Um, it's a full string orchestra with uh, very minimal percussion added. Uh, it's just bass and banjo, guitar, uh, and that's violin. A great, that's a great formula, and and, yeah. and people love that. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it is it's it's pretty. It's becoming a popular kind of theme to sort of have actors. Yeah, there was a, there was a, a a Woody Guthrie show not too long ago mm -hmm. uh, that did that, and and thank God. So you're blending sort of the best of country and folk with the best of Broadway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and a lot of what we've done with the show is really tried to find the heart of the story. Um, and sometimes a lot of the orchestrations were very Broadway in that it's a little, you know, there's a lot of percussion and a horn section. And Yeah, in my research, I, there's a lot of YouTube stuff, and some of it, I said, oh, that's too Broadway. And it, yeah. there was a balance. And, and I was hoping, I was hoping <laughs> that's what you'd be doing. So, Nick, tell us now uh, the challenges you had musically, because now, now that we're having, we have a lot of the actors playing instruments. Mm -hmm. so yeah, definitely. Um, some of the challenges I've run into is kind of basically reducing the um, the original Broadway score, which, like you said, is beautiful and well-arranged, but at the same time, it's very over-the-top. It's very Broadway, and it's very almost 80s-sounding. Uh, I, I feel well, like it's... Well, 1985, kind of, yeah. yeah. It's very... It's it's, <laughs> it has a very almost dated sound, so we're, we want, really wanted to bring it back to the sort of rootsy... Um, feel of of an authentic you know American string band, and so um, some of the challenges being that taking a you know fifteen twenty piece orchestra and reducing it down to a very small like three piece. You did all that. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. I, with with some of the help of the actors and and sort of using their skills to to sort of harness the the essence of of the songs and uh, and bring them to life in in more of a reduced and more authentic um, format. So. That was probably the biggest challenge is, is sort of assigning some of these specific parts like, you know, we have horn parts and percussion parts and different things that don't exist in our production, but sort of figuring out ways around um, keeping the sound very full and exciting, but still um, using, you know, only a handful of, of musicians. How is the sound in the, in the new theater? You guys are back in the, the black box or the, the adaptable That's correct. part. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how, what's your, what are the sound challenges? Because you're the first musical sure. in this new building. No, I mean, I, we're, we're not, like you said, we're not using any sort of amplification. So um, it's God. very, I think it's very authentic. I think it's very true to the, the feeling of the story to have but just. But people are not going to, are going to hear it well. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've been, we've been working really hard to make sure that everyone's going to be able to hear all the words and, and sort of, you know, work through the balance and, and things of that sort. So Great. Because, you know, uh, when, when a lot of shows come out, thank God they're not amplifying because when they do that, they blast you out. You can't hear mm -hmm. the lyrics. All you hear is the drum. Exactly. And and you know you wonder where the skill. But Boho Theater has such a good reputation of of taking these shows and reducing them, but yet getting more out of them, reinterpreting. Which which I think uh, you know I, I think that's the the essence of Chicago theater and what good regional theater does is, is make shows better. Yeah. yeah, 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 and and bring out again bring out sort of the the essence of the show and the heart of the show and. 
you know, we're certainly not changing the story, but we're just looking at how it's told in a different way, you know, and using the idea of Huck um, and other cast members uh, using instruments as a part of the language so it's not such a separate unit, um, I think helps unify the story. So it must have really had a tough time casting because what I'm hearing, you're, you got to cast actors who can sing, play music, you know, play musical instrument. You know, you're asking your actors to do a sure. lot. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, so and tell again, us about some of them, too. Not not all of them, um, I will confess, you know, pull out an instrument. Um, okay. But and, and we find ways to kind of sneak things in um, so that it, you get the sense that they play an instrument like a hand percussion instrument, which is a little easier. Um, gotcha. But but we don't want to tell our audiences that. Um, so, But... Uh, some some of our um, you know the actor who plays Tom Sawyer uh, in the show also plays guitar. So who's that? Uh, that's Courtney Krause. Okay, sure. um, Courtney's been around. Sure, he's, he's been around. Talent, he's, yeah. he's done a couple of shows for mm-hmm. us. And uh, you know, one of my favorite moments in the in the show is actually the song "We Are the Boys," where we have um, Nick is actually in the scene. Um, our violinist uh, is in the scene, and we have three other boys. And so we kind of have a group of a gang, a Tom Sawyer's gang, who all play instruments together, and that's part of their their language and their fun. Oh, that's terrific! And it's really and who's who's playing Huck? Uh, Huck is played by Andrew Mueller. Another Mueller. Another Mueller, and this wow. is um, he was just he was recently in something else in Sleepy Hollow as yeah, well. Yeah, Sleepy Hollow. Yes, he was. Um, so this I think is kind of his first major leading role and um we were well, really he's, he's got good pedigree he's got an amazing family <laughs> and you know i kind of i really liked him i love that how he plays the guitar i love his voice it's perfect for this show um and it's just been a pleasure sort of getting to work with him he's so young and he's so fresh and uh, kind of ready to be a star i think well that, well getting the lead in a show like this um Tell us about some of the songs. In in listening to the soundtracks over and over again, the two songs that well, there's actually four that jumped out on me. The waiting for the, for the light to shine is is sure is, is, is that's like the anthem. Yeah, one of the more powerful songs. And I liked uh, when the sun goes down in the south sure. quite a bit. <laughs> uh-huh. Are those are those kind of the showstopper kind of? Um, the, we certainly well. I think the big showstopper for me is uh, probably Jim singing Free at Last oh, yeah. uh, near okay. the end of the yes, show. The it's just, and I think what we're doing with it, um, with Nick's help, is uh, is really beautiful. And Give it's, us a hint now, because this is, this is, this, the idea of this interview is to get people to come out and see it. Folks, if you've never seen Big River, get out here and see it. This is, this is one of those shows that sure. should be done every three or four well, years and hasn't been done in years. You know, the hook into the show for me, uh, not only is the beautiful music, but is also this idea of uh, instrumentation becoming a part of the language. Um, and let's just say what we do with that number uh, is kind of the complete opposite. So we, we, uh, we've turned it on its head and we do something that I think is um, utterly simple and and I think that's what the number calls for. It's just very simple and beautiful um, and not, I think, not what you would really expect. Oh, so it's going to be one of those unique theatrical moments. I, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is for me. It so is just tell us the challenge now, being this, this music director and this musician, and all of a sudden you're on stage. I know a lot of musicians that say, man, they can't, you know, they really get in the shootout with an empty gun and go on right. stage. 
Exactly. Well, yeah, one thing that's unique about this show is there really there's no pit, um, you know, so that the musicians are on stage the entire time. So we're, we're visible the, the entire show. Um, and on top of that, I'm uh, playing harmonica, banjo, guitar, percussion, and also doing a few bit parts and singing, dancing. So yeah, it's Wait, been it's you been clean quite the floor too after yeah that? yeah sometimes build build help build the set and all that all that good stuff. So um, yeah, it's it's kind of wearing a lot of hats and sort of uh, juggling a lot of things. But thankfully, we have a a great crew here to kind of help us all along. What and, got you interested to do this show? Because I, I detect in both of you a real passion. Um, I actually um, found out about this this opportunity through a, a mutual friend of ours uh, named Malcolm Rule, who's a music director. Yeah, Malcolm Rule. Is, yeah, he's big in the into the whole folk. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, and, I know uh, his work. Yeah. He's great. I yes. worked with him on uh, Hedwig at American Theatre Company this past year, mm-hmm. and uh, so he actually uh, helped helped me meet Peter, and and we sort of nailed down a, a schedule and made it work. So. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I got involved, and and it's the music is great. I I'm just really excited to be be a part of it. And a lot of people don't realize how what a strong writer Roger Miller was. Absolutely, he's yeah. he's very underrated. I mean, I I told people you know who wrote the music, and and people are like, well, who's Roger Miller? You know, King of the Road, yeah, Dang this, Me, and yeah, those, you, you throw those things out there, and people are like, oh yeah. Songs, though, yeah, but he no, he was prolific. I mean, yeah. he wrote an insane amount of amazing amazing songs, and he's definitely an underrated um, songwriter. Well, Peter, uh, tell me now uh, what you guys are doing for the rest of the season. Sure, we're, it, this is it's such a it's such an amazing season. Um, the next show that we have is Elephant Man. Wow, um, oh, that's a great place. It's just yeah. it's so we tried to sh- choose shows that were appealing to a broad audience, mm-hmm. um, but that you know also had at its root the basic essential storytelling. Uh, and Elephant Man is just it, just a beautiful show and. Uh, we have a lot of interesting things cooked up for it, I think. Um, Dirty Blonde is is the next one after that. Um, and then the final show of the season will be Icarus uh, by uh, Henry Edwin Sanchez. So it's a, it's a not your usual Icarus. It's something uh, slightly different. Um, and we're also doing a fifth show this year, which we've never done before, which is uh, Striking Twelve. Yeah, I saw that on your on your website. It's a new Christmas show, isn't it? It is. It's a holiday. It's a... It's a holiday show holiday of sorts. Show, okay. <laughs> it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of an anti-holiday show. Uh, oh, great. That, that turns into a holiday show. It's amazing music, and it's not done in Chicago. Uh, I saw Laura, Laura Phillips going to be Laura directing. Phillip is yeah. going to be our director for the show, and uh, it's a small production. Uh, the music is amazing, and it's just a, a blast. Well, it's that one's going to be at your at your your small theater yep. up on... Uh, on uh, Glenwood Avenue. Yep, that's kind of, that's at our Heartland space. It's our. Are you guys of, keeping that space too? We are. Yeah. We are. Now I don't know if we'll be doing uh, how many shows we'll be doing there. You know, we certainly rent it out for other shows, um, but you know, it's sort of it's been our home for a little while, so we have a hard time giving it away. See, well, it's a unique space, and that it that is. corridor is turning into uh, you know with Theater Ubuque and, and yeah. Lifeline. That's yeah. you know that's some good theater up there at that Morris stop. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Tell us now, in the interest of time here, because we're we got about a minute, minute and a half to go. When is the show running here? And give us a commercial for uh, Big River. Sure, absolutely. Big River is running until it's starting uh, tonight, and it runs through October 10th, uh, four days a week, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you can absolutely check out our website at bohotheater.com and click to find more information about it there. Uh, tickets are cheap for what you'll be getting i can assure you it's an amazing amazing show with a lot of heart 
amazing music, uh, and I think everyone will have a wonderful time. Well, you know, on the non-equity level, we have such great talent, and I was complaining over the last couple of years there weren't a lot of musicals being done. Yeah. And thank God you guys are back doing, you know, doing and doing a, a serious major show like this that yeah. hasn't been done. Yeah, it's 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 fun. It's really fun to take on a project like this, and I think both Nick and I are, are really proud with with what we've done with it. So, well, I can tell you, there's a lot of buzz uh, between tonight and Monday. Just I think just about every reviewer in town is uh, is going to be here because we all, those of us who know the show at all, love it. And and the more I listen to the to the music of it, yeah. I, I said, man, I gotta I gotta see the show. You know, and knowing what you guys have done in the past with musicals, that that folks, you're in safe ground here. Just get your <laughs> tickets and come and see. You're going to you're going to see top drawer and and w- with a Mueller in it, how bad can it be? Right? That's right. That's a, it's the ace in the hole is Andrew Mueller right well, there and the music. So and, and and Nick, tell us what you have, what you're going to be doing um, after this. After this yeah. show, um, I'm actually working on a, a show with Scooty and JoJo, who did uh, Carpenter's Halloween okay. last year, okay. and uh, they just finished a circus extravaganza at the Excalibur nightclub, and uh, they were, were developing a new musical called Alien Queen. Uh, based off of the movie Alien with the music of Queen, so they're they're uh, kind of that sounds wacky. It, it's going to be pretty wild. It's going to be in a nightclub in Boys Town, and uh, that's going to be running through uh, through Christmas. And then uh, a couple of other things we're working on for. Good. Make sure you keep me posted on absolutely. That. We'll, we'll get some absolutely. coverage on that because you know we Chicago is such a great town for theater, and and uh, I'm just so I'm just you can't believe how how psyched we are for for big river because you know it the same 20 or 30 shows just keep getting played to death and and uh, we, we need good shows like this i i'm excited and folks thanks for listening and make sure you go see a play this week and get out to theater wit there's two great shows to see you, you see theories of the sun and then you see big river and you will have a great time in there and they're both worthy thank you for listening